everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Us What's in the Box. What's in the Box? What is in the Box? Oh, God. It's more like what's in the sinkhole today, yeah, right? Yeah, what's in the sinkhole? What's in the pit? What is in the sinkhole? What is in the pit? A freaking German shepherd? Oh, God. Freaking. <laughs> I am Joanna. I'm Danny. Danny, uh, this is Tell Us What's in the Box, of course. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about the novel Good Neighbors by Sarah Langan and a quick kind of summary of it, which I'm not quite sure where you pulled this from, Danny, but probably from Amazon or some somewhere just so I can give proper credit to it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to write that in there. That is okay. We did not write this. So just saying that, but um, a riveting and ruthless portrayal of American suburbia, good neighbors excavates, pun intended, the perils and betrayals of motherhood and friendships and the dangerous clash between social hierarchy, childhood trauma, and fear. So uh, yeah, this book ripe with relationships. Like it, it really is. It really is. So, <laughs> all right. So I, I'm just going to be upfront. So, uh, nobody come for me because, you know, I'm, this is literally just my opinion and I am quite aware as a writer and someone who enjoys media and, um, art and stuff myself that not everything is for everybody, you know, like, something might not be for you. Something might not be for me, you know, and it's, and it's no big thing, but I'm probably going to be pretty vehement in my personal opinion. And I can tell you that this was definitely not for me at all. That is okay. That is okay. I do do not know just to preface. I do not know how Joanna feels. So I am saying this completely. I don't know if I'm trashing something she actually liked (laughs) or whatever, which would be interesting because then we will have two distinct point of views. But um, but I can just I will just warn everybody that you're not going to get a lot of I will try to come up with good things if I can. But, um, you know, it just really is the type of thing that rubs me the wrong way. And, you know, which I feel bad for because so many people were like praising it on like Twitter and it's gotten nominated for Bram Stoker this year. And um, so I had high expectations. And after I read it, you know, it's just one of those things where I just got to realize I'm going against the tide. <laughs> I'm totally yeah. going against the tide. And that is okay. Right. Um, I really enjoyed the book. So this is going to be, I I'm fascinated to hear your thoughts. Cause I think, you know, the reason why you didn't like something is just as important as some, somebody's reasons for why they like it. And there's so many things you know, that goes into why we like stuff. It could also be, you know, like, yes, taste, personal preference. It could just be like, you're having a bad day. Or, you know, maybe this is the wrong time in your life to read this. Maybe you'll like it 10 years from from now, right? Uh-huh. I have... I have uh, discovered that um, when I first tried to watch Star Trek Deep Space Nine, maybe like three years ago, and I'm like, I don't get it. I can't get into this. This is so weird. This isn't like next gen or Voyager. (laughs) What the fuck is this? Right. 
And then like pandemic happened, like I moved from Gizmodo over to Reviewed and then I started watching Deep Space Nine and it all clicked. And now it's my favorite show. Bashir and Garrick for life. Oh, for Bashir, Bashir and Garrick for life. <laughs> for life. That is my ship. That ship sails at a port every single day yes. around here. I am I am here for that. Port, so. port straight to our hearts. Yes, yes. exactly. Um, well, do you want to start with, I, I'm the type of person who always likes to start with the bad news first, but we can start with kind of the good stuff that you liked, or we can kind of start with the stuff that I wasn't so, but I, I mean, I'm kind of a bad news first person, but so we can go with that or we can go uh, with, with the good stuff first. That yeah. Was- so, I mean, I, I think, I mean, straight out of the gate, None of these characters are likable whatsoever. Even the children, they're all assholes, right? I wanted to see all of them fall down that pit, right? But for me, like seeing them get their comeuppance, I was just like, <laughs> sucks for you, you suburbanites. Like, <laughs> And I mean, having grown up in that sort of like sterile, like bougie sort of, you know, environment myself, I thought Sarah... Lang Langan really like kind of drove that point home and 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 to me it was instantly like relatable as were all of the relationships and just the whole fucked up fakeness of it all right uh-huh. but to, again I would I would imagine that's probably what drove you nuts about it yeah um, <laughs> pretty much exactly what drove me nuts okay so, so, cause it doesn't really surprise me because I really don't like something that I know you like, and this kind of falls in this category for me. <laughs> I am really not a person who likes watching awful people do awful things just for the sake of being awful. Um, there's a play called God of Carnage mm-hmm. and it is the worst, the worst, the, the absolute worst it drives me up the wall is the equivalent to me of nails down chalkboard. And this book was the same way for me for the exact same reasons, because God of Carnage is about these two couples who come together because one punched another kid. And these people are awful. These people are awful. They should not have kids. They should not be in society. (laughs) They, They do not know how to act. They are freaking awful. And you spend two hours watching these people be awful to each other. I do not like Seinfeld for the same goddamn reason. (laughs) None of them are good. None of them are good people. They never learn anything. They never learn anything. Like the people in kind of currency, Seinfeld never learned anything. The whole purpose, quote unquote, of Seinfeld was to watch these selfish people do a bunch of shit that was stupid. And like like make it important somehow to them because they're selfish and they're kind of like the stars of their own mm-hmm. stories and they don't give a shit about other people like like they're morally superior to others yeah. and so i hate seinfeld for that reason i hate a carnage for that reason and here's the one that i know you like that i can't stand for the main reason i do not like friends for the exact same reason because <laughs> they are awful they are awful they Who are, are these people awful. these are your friends these are, these are your friends. What the hell? And we were supposed to like believe that they were like somehow going through all this crap again, but they did awful stuff to each other. They were not good people I think, at all. And I they think, were old enough to know better. <laughs> I relate to that too. Not like in, in my twenties, but like growing up in, 
you know, in, in my teens and having most of my friends be like teen, teen boys, it's very much like how, how teenage boys and men act with each other. They bust each other's balls. And I can sometimes, depending on how close I am, I can be a ball buster, (laughs) but you are, you're, you're not wrong though. Like it's, they're fucked up. They need help. They need therapy. Like anything i mean i can think of maybe maybe i mean do they i mean i don't know if i watch enough to know if they if any of them they do friends learn anything at they all do. yes yes they do i <laughs> promise you they do you got to get into the later seasons but they do yeah see i'm not gonna invest like five damn seasons just just for these people to learn you know i don't know so it, it's just a thing with me that i just i i just it's it's not my thing it, yeah. it is absolutely not my thing. And this book was the exact same way. And I think some of it too was the fact that when I was reading reviews about it, or I was kind of like, okay, what's this thing about? I got the impression that it was like good people who get forced into doing bad things or, or unspeakable things and stuff like that. And oh. I was like, well, that could be interesting, but somehow I got that impression from what people are saying or somebody got that impression and was writing it down. And so when I started reading, I'm like, Where, oh, where's the good people yeah. that are going to turn into like bad people no, and oh. unspeakable things. Like where, where is that? Oh, okay. Yeah. No, like that is not something that I got at all. Like, like the, the title good neighbors is not actually about good neighbors. I get that it's sarcastic and I didn't figure, I figured it had a lot of different meanings, but I mean, I read kind of blurbs and like a couple of things people were saying on Goodreads and Amazon and like some people's like little synopsis of it. And so I got that impression from that. Yeah. You know? And so, so, I mean, but I think that was a smaller part of it because, you know, I can kind of forgive expectations, but Mm. that might've had something, you know, a little to do with it. Um, You know, but just, yeah, I mean, I, I really have a hard time with, with awful people doing awful things, you know? And, 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 and even if they kind of get comeuppance, it kind of depends on that comeuppance, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, if everybody's awful and everybody has shit happen, yeah, then it becomes like Shakespeare tragedy, you know, and, and I'm not usually down with Shakespeare tragedies just be, for yeah. that reason, too, because they're all awful people. And there's usually like and one was, person left alive at the goddamn yeah. end, you know, yeah. and it's just like, you know, and I know some people like it's like, OK, look, I am immersed in human nature. My life, I'm a human. I deal with people. I see this shit. Every single day, I don't need to be shown or told people do awful shit and screw themselves over. Yeah. And people are awful and screw themselves over. And then it bites them in the ass. Like, I I really don't need a book to explore that for me. Mm. Maybe some people find that interesting. And that's what I'm saying. That's probably who the book is for is people who maybe find that interesting and and want to delve into that. But for me, I'm kind of like, you know. I just don't need anyone to explain that to me. Like, it's not what I'm interested in delving into as a writer as themes. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it just was not for me at all. (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, to also kind of be on your side as side as well, if it wasn't for like the murder mystery aspect of it, 
you know, with the Maple Street, or what was it? Uh, Maple, Maple Street murders, Maple yeah. murders. Yeah, just, you know. Um, the true course, crime portion persons that they dude, were putting in front of the chapters. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, that. But there are books written about this shit. You're like, oh, what happened? Like, you know, like, like that. They- that for me was like that, that provided enough of an other like point of view for me to buy into what was going on. So my brain instantly went into, oh shit, I'm like reading a true crime novel. This is like a mystery, right? But it's not at the same time. Uh I think if that wasn't a part of it, if there wasn't the supernatural aspect of this sinkhole and the goo and the dog and the, in the, the, the German shepherd in the pit, right. If there wasn't all the oddities about it, I, I 100% believe I would be feeling the same way that you are right now. For me, there was just enough distraction from the shitty people. And there was just enough like, Ha ha, Shelly, you're in the pit. Bye, bitch. Yeah, yeah, you know. It was just awful. But I think, and regardless if you like the book or not, I think it is fair to say that Langan, like, nailed these characters for the most part in making them as shitty as yeah i mean i'll give her that i mean they are definitely shitty people and shitty people in a in a you know realistic sense like this is how people are shitty (laughs) you know people there you know you could walk out and i'm sure there's someone this shitty on my street that i live on right now you know not Mm -hmm. not you don't even have to go that far to find somebody who is like this and um yeah, so I totally and there and there were a lot of characters. So there were a lot of different ways people could be shitty. People were shitty by oh being uh, apathetic. People were shitty by going along with mom mentality. People were shitty just by being fucking sick and being yeah. a psychopath. And people were people were were shitty because they were abused. People were shitty because they were abusers. People were shitty because, you know, all sorts of reasons, because she had like a lot of characters in the book um, on this street and everything like that, you know, and nobody got away, you know, from being shitty in some kind of way, you know, really, you know, like, I mean, we're fucking going and, and, uh, you know, throwing rocks through people's windows and and we're going ahead (laughs) and doing all this other stuff. And it's just like, you know, there's no one that has common sense here and thinks maybe you know, like, you know, like, uh, you know, it's like, I, when, when I try to think about like, like if we think about, and I apologize about bringing, about referencing the fucking hero's journey right now, but it's, (laughs) oh, you know, you know, we're in bad straits when Campbell's coming into it. You know, we're, we're in higher straights, right? Right. I mean, it when everything about the structure and the characters and just the regular like arcs into the first, second, and third act, there it was somewhat reminiscent of the hero's journey, but you cannot call the story the hero's journey whatsoever. It is pure horror. Does it have a second and third act? Like, I mean, first, second, and third, does it follow the traditional storytelling like beats? Uh-huh. A- absolutely. But yeah, this is no hero's journey. This is a story for people who want a look at the dark side of suburbia. Um, Uh whereas with me, I mean, 
let me let me go through the first like map because that 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 is one thing that I did really like she broke everything up like in sections yeah you had like the breakdown on the chapter and then and then the list but how she also like whenever those lists are in the map would come up again more and more families would have moved away from the neighborhood until everything says you know vacant and I know there's a part of me that finds that super super chilling um Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, we have, let me see, uh, House 116, the uh, Wilds, you know, they're, they're the black sheep of the, of Maple Street, right? Yep. I mean, excuse me, the dad, um, Arlo, I mean, he's a former, you know, kind of rock star, rock star, degenerate rock star, I I guess, right? There mm-hmm. were some articles in there about like, oh, Arlo Wilde was arrested for punching yeah. down assault, right? Back in 2014. Trashing a, a hotel yeah. room and, you know, and all this yeah. other stuff. You know, um, but I mean, grew up, you know, with friends who had those kinds of parents, you know, like I grew up with friends who were like fucking the, uh, the Schroeders, like Rhea, you know? And I think for me, like, like having these kinds of people be so real because I've known these people, but seeing them just all get fucked over in the end and just people dying one after another, it was almost cathartic in, in a way, if that, if that makes any sense, like it was more about like it, I, I didn't expect it to pull up so many memories from my past, like uh-huh. growing up in Diamond Bar and Chino Hills and shit and shit like that in the middle of white suburbia in very nice houses. I, I, I did not expect this book to like bring back those memories and remember like, damn, that lady was a real bitch who lived three, three doors down. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder how she's doing. I wonder if she's still alive. She, you know, did. Like, did someone kill her. Yeah. Is she just alive because of spite and hatred? Yeah. You know, did she fall out of sinkhole? You know, like that, that for me, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to pick apart the characters' relationships to one another because their shittiness is on full display for, for everybody to see. Right. And they're, right all out for themselves one way or another but they're also you know the victims at the same time and they can't no nobody can admit to their own mistakes you know and growing up with those people around me yeah it it, it was weird how this book reminded me of my own relationship to growing up in this sort of environment yeah you know like like Gertie which you know she cared about was like fitting in and like wanting to be like one of one of the one of one of the neighborhood you know and like be accepted yeah. and stuff like that and then she was just super focused yeah. on that you know like that super mattered to her and it was just like why girl you know why why do you give a shit you know like why do you give a shit and you kind of get in a sense of why because she grew up yeah. in a beauty pageant thing and like that's kind of what she grew up thinking was important you know yeah. like like she didn't she didn't really have a lot of self-worth. So she had to get her self-worth from other people. Yeah. And their acceptance of her. So that's why she like tried so hard 
uh, with with all the people in the neighborhood and stuff like that. And then you had uh, Rhea. Who was like, who's like Queen B, like fucking Regina yeah, Okay, George. yeah, yeah. And not just a Queen B, but she was like sick and she was messed up. Okay, like. Yes. She freaking assaulted her student and shit. Like. It's like, yeah, if there's any. Like even of- before she moved to the neighborhood, like even before she moved into the neighborhood, she'd done this shit. You know, and somehow she was blaming everybody else. You know what I mean? I tell you, I was so I was just like, all these people are shitty. So when Raya was bemoaning how she got screwed over and everybody just hated her and they were so jealous (laughs) and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you did some shit like, come on. You did some shit that gets you kicked out of your professorship. You did some shit. I I was 100 percent convinced. I believe not one word, not from the first sentence that it was mentioned that something had happened, make her lose her job. I did not doubt for one minute that she had done something fucked up to deserve it. Same. And that she had this victim complex. Absolutely. 100% knew it from (laughs) the second it happened. So, so, you know, and then they dragged it on, you know, and that was kind of another one of the things that just kind of built on, like, I don't, I don't want to watch shitty people do shitty things because it's also like they, it kind of got belabored. Like she mm-hmm. kind of held out and held out and held on on what it was, which kind of annoyed me because I'm like, I know it's bad. Like, do you think I'm going to be surprised? Like, Oh shit. She assaulted somebody. Oh my God. I can't believe that from such that from this lady, from this professor, fuck no. Like, <laughs> Like, you know, like I said, I told everybody I would get vehement. So when I get vehement, I get I get very colorful and I get very forceful. <laughs> like, and, and, and it just felt like that that buildup was not I, I, I maybe some people I don't know how you took it, you know, but it's just like I didn't care, you know, like I didn't care what it was because I knew what it was shitty. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sitting there in anticipation of like, what did she do? You know, like, what was it? You know, I just wasn't because I didn't care. I don't I don't really care about the shitty things that people do because they're shitty people. Like, so why do I care about the specifics of it? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just absolutely I was not holding my breath to find out what it was, you know, or or, or was surprised, which are kind of the Mm -hmm. two reactions, I think, you know, at least it felt to me that like that was one of the two reactions you were supposed to have either you're supposed to be super surprised that you did something so bad or you were supposed to be like wondering what it was and just like be Mm -hmm. so morbidly curious you were wondering what it was and I'm just like I'm not like that that's not me you know maybe it's some people and I'm sure those are the people that kind of like really got into the book and like you were saying the mystery of what's happening and how it happened and all of that stuff but I just don't that just isn't a thing that works for me personally as a reader it just you know I don't I I didn't care like I didn't care it wasn't a carrot that I was waiting for you know it it was it was it was there and I'm like I know she did something shitty I know it's horrible you're just dragging it out now so now it's annoying me because you're mentioning it like I'm supposed to be like oh my god yeah, it's mentioned think, again, and I'm not. So it kind of annoys me because I kind of get that's the reaction I'm supposed to yeah. have, and I'm not having that reaction. And so it's this dissonance between what I feel yeah. like the reaction with that was was trying to be crafted 
and what what I was experiencing mm. just because of who I am as a reader and a person and what I enjoy in a book. So, and like I, I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm completely coming for this from a personal standpoint of yeah. this is what doesn't work for me. And this is why it doesn't work yeah. for me. And I fully understand that people have a different feeling about it and it totally works for them. It, it wouldn't be nominated for a yeah. Stoker, if it wasn't because I don't believe everybody's so delusional, they will nominate a book that, that is awful <laughs> just because everyone else is doing so. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, that's just the way it is. And that's just the way it is. But, you know, I'd be interested to see how you felt about that and her. I mean, yeah, what what was interesting, right? Like as as a writer and also like as a journalist too, like if you are going to drag something out for that long, whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction, right? If you are going to build up this suspense and try to like put your readers on the edge of the seat before you reveal, you should make sure that reveal is going to tip them over to the point where they're like, oh shit, like seeing the first Saw movie for the first time and that twist at the end. Mm -hmm. I felt like the same as you, like, okay, she did something really fucking shitty, you know, Um, I wonder what it is, you know, because I, you know, I, I got all excited because I, I'm like, Ooh, what'd she do? What'd she do? Like, yeah. is she, is she worse than, than I think, I think she is. And I think a lot of this too is like, just, I'm just kind of like a tea addict, right. Especially working in journalism. I just gotta know. So when it got to that <laughs> part and then it was revealed, I'm like, Oh, that's it. I was thinking way worse. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh man. So she's just normal shitty. <laughs> she's just normal shitty. I mean, though, that was pretty shitty. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. shitty, but I think I was thinking of way shittier things. <laughs> yeah. You know, your mind goes to like, what does she do? Is she a yeah. pedophile? Is she, you know, yeah. like, she's like, what? Yeah. yeah like, you know, and that's, and that's the thing. Like I said, I just, yeah, that's why I'm not truly into true crime either, <laughs> you know, because it's like, I'm just not, you know, I, I like listening like about certain cases and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just because I'm kind of curious as to what's out there and like history and stuff like that. But I don't come from it from a like, why, why do they do the things they do and stuff like that? I'm not, that doesn't really fascinate yeah. me or it is just sort of more like, you know, what did they do from more like a more historical perspective? Like what are some of the awful things that people do? And I can be surprised by some of it, Mm -hmm. but I don't come at it from a, like, here's the thing. I'm going to use the example of uh, this show. And I seriously doubt anybody listening, including yourself has ever seen it, but it's called um, breakout Kings. And it has definitely have not heard or seen this. It has one of my favorite actors in it, Jimmy Simpson. And Jimmy Simpson plays Dr. Lloyd Lowry, who is a uh, genius. He's a genius and he's a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. And he puts all this stuff together. And he was in jail for uh, giving drugs to students and one of them overdosed. And he was sentenced to jail and stuff. But the breakout thing's premise is that they can work off their time by helping them 
capture people who have broken out of jail and stuff or broken their parole and stuff like that. Mm. Anyway, that's the premise. But at one point, there's this really awful guy who has done some really, really awful shit that they're tracking. And Dr. Lowry has been fascinated by this guy, has been fascinated on what makes him tick and what you know, why he did the things he did and and what's the background of that and all that Mm. stuff. And he finally gets to the point where they have captured him and he's at their place and he's in a holding room waiting for, you know, the feds to come and pick him up. And now Lowry has his chance to go talk to this guy and try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, 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 he's kind of not doing it uh, going in there. He's kind of pacing out in front of the room and everybody's like, you know, why isn't he going in there? This is his chance. You know, that's yeah. all he's been talking about. You know, why doesn't he go in? He goes in there and he says, you know, he said, I was so, and he talks about, you know, I was wondering what made you tick. I had to wonder what possibly could have happened, why this happened. And he said, you know what? What I realized is some clocks just come out of the factory broken and there's no reason for it. Some things are just broken. And that's kind of the attitude I have. Like, I'm not too interested in why I'm interested in preventing it, you know? Mm. So I'm interested in the fact that, yeah, if scientists can go in there and figure out how to prevent this sort of thing from happening, if there were factors that did it, they should, but I'm not one of those people. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you know, it's, it's like, expending my brain power on it I just kind of sit there and go some things just come out of the factory broken yeah oh some things are just broken and there's no there's no reason for it and it's not going to be useful for you to try to figure it out you know what I mean we don't find out why Ray is the way she is really you know I mean she's just just, she came out of factory broken she came out of the factory broken and I'm just like You know, so, and and I kind of have that about like a lot of things and, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, abuse can have a factor sometimes, um, untreated mental illness, not that mentally ill people are always going to do, but some things that happen are for reasons, environmental Mm -hmm. or physical or childhood trauma, or there's a lot of different reasons that a lot of different Mm -hmm. behaviors happen. Head, head injuries too. Head injuries. Yes. You know, um, all sorts of stuff can, can make somebody do awful things. And, you know, like I said, for scientists and stuff to work it out, you know, it can be useful to know, but, but honestly, I'm, I'm pretty much a cynic in that. Yeah. We've done all this studying, but how much good has it really done? You know, like Mm -hmm. people still abuse children. People do still, still do this shit. And there doesn't seem to be Mm-hmm. progress being made at all. And, and it probably is just so slow. I don't see it, but, you know, I mean, cause things have definitely gotten better in certain aspects, you know, from the past and everything like that. So I'm not yeah. saying it's can't, I guess it's just a matter of my mental energy and where I'm going to focus it and where I feel like yeah. I can focus it. So that's just not something mm-hmm. that interests me personally, but I know it fascinates a lot of people. And those are the people who go into those fields or, you know, watch that stuff and, and get Hi. fascinated by it and, and <laughs> that stuff, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just not, not me and everything like that. Yeah. So, I know think... I'm going on lots of rants. <laughs> no, I, uh, I want to pull it back to what, um, 
you know, the going back to the whole, some people just come out broken. Right. And I think like what drives artists, writers, actors, all the way to FBI pro profilers. Right. I think the need to understand these people who do bad things, we are making the assumption that there is some humanity in them, right? So then that way it's, you know, we're trying to find a motive, right? When, when we, you know, for homicides, what are the three main things you need to arrest a suspect means motive and opportunity and MMO. Hey, yeah. Um, but you know, for a character like uh, Rhea Schroeder in Good Neighbors, right? It's you get to the end, and it's sort of this kind of deflating thing of like, I have spent like, and this is if you read it like I did, um, putting like assuming that all of these people still have humanity in them, whether they're adults or children, right? So you spend a lot of energy reading the entire book, trying to analyze their personalities, their relationships to one another, why they are the way that they are. And you could do that for a lot of these characters. Rhea is the one where it's like, mm, you might have like, anti you might be antisocial or have narcissistic personality disorder or something you know like I think I, there was definitely a lot of narcissism going yeah. on with her she never did anything wrong yeah. everybody should be like kowtowing he's, to her everybody should be perfect you know? know she's just been strapped with this horrible husband and these kids and you know, life has just treated her so unfairly mm-hmm. for how amazing she is, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> it, yeah, she has, I mean, as a character, like there's no, like, okay. I like using this cause this is a classic example, but Pulp Fiction, uh-huh. really none of the characters are likable, right? Mm-hmm. But you still see their humanity which means you can go along with them and you can laugh at them and you can understand like, okay, why they're doing what they're doing. Rhea has no, no humanity. <laughs> right. And, and this yeah. will actually make sense to you too, that Pulp Fiction is like my least favorite parent. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. For that reason, um, you know, most of his other ones, you know, I, I, there are a couple that I, that I like and I appreciate his directing style. Um, but, you know, a lot of times it's kind of like, yeah. You know, I really liked Kill Bill um, because at least Uma Thurman's character really understood that, that, yeah, she had done bad things, but she had been really wronged and she had changed um, mm-hmm. and, and had tried to do right things. And so she was trying to get revenge, you know, and all this other stuff. So I could really like commiserate with that and everything like that. But like Pulp Fiction and, um, you know, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, you know, like a, are just they're not they're not my favorite, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and can I also like throw in there like one movie that I can't watch anymore because I, there is it's it's fucking brilliant. It's one of still the best movies that I think that has been ever made. Um but the characters are just too goddamn depressing and there's like no redeeming qualities in 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 them but they're 
but they have humanity too, but they just uh-huh. can't see their own through their own bullshit. Requiem for a dream. Oh yeah. That, that definitely follows in one of my yeah. categories. I think everybody has the category of movie of, I see it once and never again. Yep. <laughs> you know, and Requiem for a dream definitely freaking yeah. falls into that category. You watch it once and then you're like, mm-hmm. Yep. No, never again. I had that experience and I'm good. You know, yep. like, oh yeah, it is just too hard to watch it again. I can't watch Saving Private Ryan for the same reason, just because it's, mm-hmm. you know, just how pointless it all seemed, you know, even though the characters were likable and stuff like that, just watching them all die. And it just all seems so pointless to me. Yeah. Like I'll never watch it again just because I, I had that experience. That's or every Sh- war movie or, like. or Schindler's list is kind of in that category too. You know, like it's, it's brilliant, oh, but it's yeah. just so damn hopeless and despair and stuff yeah. like that. And it's just, you know, even at the end where you see like the Jews that he saved are still alive and their relatives mm-hmm. and stuff like that. in Schindler's list you just think about all the shit that happened like before that. So even it has that glimmer of like, yeah, he did save those people and they're still around today. And there's like 6,000 people who are related to the people that he saved. Yeah. It's still just the the amount of depressing that you've gone through to get that at point. And like at the end of saving private Ryan, yep. They saved him. And uh, one Matt (laughs) uh, is rescued and he has his family. But, uh, you know, you watch Tom Hanks fucking die and it had one of the worst death scenes that I could absolutely never watch again because it squicks every trigger in my brain. It was the one where uh, the the guy runs into the German Uh and it's this slow knife thing and the German's just going, shh, shh. And the guy's (laughs) begging not to do it. Uh And it's just so awful. Jesus. And he's not be laughing, but also no, like, it is so ugly. The guy's like, please, no. And he like trying to stop him and get up the strength to stop him. And he can't. And his buddy is right around the corner and can't get up the nuts to go up there and save him. And this guy dies a slow death by having a knife slowly pushed into his throat. It's like fucking because um, of it. Have, have you watched Out Outlander? Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, um, I think it's season one where fucking uh Jamie and Claire kill Dougal and he's mm-hmm. just on the ground and he they're just shoving the sword into him. Yeah. I was like, Yeah, it's exactly oh, like and I you no. know, so there's those some things that you you know you appreciate, but you just cannot yeah. just because it's so you know, and this kind of falls into you know, like it falls into the like the awful people and they're just so damn depressing and yeah, you know, yeah, let's see what else is here. Da, da, da. So I want to go, I want to read one of the little blurbs on mm, sure. the back, the back of the cover, and then I want to talk about your notes. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, excuse me, sorry, bump bump the mic. Um, so from live con. Constantine, best-selling author of The Last Mrs. Parrish, says, uh, or this is ed, ed, advanced praise for Good, good Neighbors. Oh, okay. um, a modern-day crucible, Good Neighbors brilliantly explores the ease with which a care, careless world can wreak havoc and the terrifying power of mob mentality, which you which you brought, brought up. Um, beneath the surface of a suburban 
Utopia, madness lurks. The veneer of civility among close neighbors disguises hypocrisy, envy, and hatred. Uh, Langan deftly unveils the psychology behind her character's actions with blistering prose and spot-on depictions. She is a writer to watch. And I mean, I think all of that is accurate, but then again, like, that's the whole of the book. Like, it is a whole commentary on this whole society. So for me, like, and I already- Well, minor bitch, when do we get away from putting summaries on the back of the book? Why is it every time I pick up a goddamn book these days, there's no summary on the back? It's just a bunch of blurbs. Why why is that? (laughs) Because that's how it goes these days. Because back in the day, you flip to the You know, you just flip to the back of the, you know, book and you'd be able to read like a synopsis of what the book is about. And nowadays you do that to a book and it's just well, the, the blurbs like the In all fairness, this is the hardback version that I have. So the fucking like summary is on the inside jacket. But yeah, um, but like I mean, you know, and sometimes they go way too far. I've picked up books yeah. that have like two pages of goddamn blurbs and it's like okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. anyway. Anyway, that's a minor not having anything to do with her or the book. That's just no worries. Me, me, Um, you know, you know, one thing I do absolutely agree with you about is, and I think, again, this just has to go along with personal experiences when you read it, when it first gets published, et cetera, et cetera. Um, There's, I mean, there are characters that I know again, people Mm. that, that I grew, grew up with. So their actions and why nothing was surprising to me. Mm Um, you know, if if there wasn't the other stuff in it, I would have been like, cool. So this is like a slice of like a novel length slices life story. That's just all about shitty people and the shitty things that they do to each other. Like Mm -hmm. where's, Where's the message in this, uh-huh. right? Because I mean, even horror, like there is a message regardless of how of how it ends. Like, yeah. usually there is, and when when there isn't, I mean, the only kind of message that I can glean from this is like, suburbia is just going to eat itself until there's nothing left. Yeah, or you yeah. know people can be very, very freaking fake no matter what they look like on the outside or where they live or whatever. Yeah. 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 So yeah. 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 Tell, tell me about these notes you have on the the, the Google doc. There's a question. Hold on for, for all of our listeners right now, I'm just looking at Danny's notes and just the first one is it's, it's a question. And all it says is this is a kid. Yeah, <laughs> because I had the I had the quote, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and and so secondarily, I've already talked at length about my my biggest gripe with the book, mm-hmm. but secondarily, those kids did not talk like kids. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. there were moments where they said stuff that I was like, what what kid talks like that? I will play this is a kid advocate and say this is set in the future. So maybe they'll talk like that in the future. 
Yeah, I, I have, uh, you know, the quote that I was specifically returning um, yeah. uh, below it that I specifically read when I was like, what the, what the hell? Um, you know, and maybe I was just a not bright kid or something like that. But like on page 68, Charlie, who's supposed to be 13 years old, mm-hmm. says everything's so perfect. It's like you can't move inside of the perfection. Like the air is glass and just trying to walk around gets you cut into pieces. I, I don't mean, know about you, but <laughs> when I was 13 years old, mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing I can think of to get it, to give it credit, is this a type of email freaking bullshit? Some kid who's 13 who thinks there's a poet would come up with because that's too good for a email thir- thirteen year old to just say and in and, and, and con- I'll be conversation. <laughs> I'll be I'll be really honest and uh, hope that the author doesn't see this, but I but I actually don't think that that's the great. Oh that, yeah, that phrase. Yeah, I actually yeah. It, it's trying it. too hard. It, it's trying too yeah. hard to sound profound, in my opinion. And she yeah. gave it to a 13 year old. It feels like she came up with this thing that's clever or she thinks it's clever. Mm-hmm. So she had to shove it in there, but it just feels like reaching too hard. So it comes off to me as like pretentious. Yeah. When, I mean, Charlie in general, like other bits of dialogue, he sounds more like a third, a third. Right. So it seemed very yeah. like off, like, like, oh, I have this thing. It's such a great metaphor. Yeah. You know, glass air and you're going to cut yourself on the perfection. I have yeah. to put this in there somewhere. And it just jumped into the mouth of a 13 year old. And mostly because I got this already by this point in the book. We'd already gotten that Ray is a perfectionist yeah. bitch who makes everything, everybody and everything miserable around her because of it. We've already heard Gurney's daughter go yeah. on at length about how she never felt comfortable over there because, you know, you had to, you had to sit a certain way. Everything had to be a certain way. You didn't feel like you could touch anything. So, so why do I need this metaphor of glass air to talk about the yeah. perfection? You've already shown me this. You already showed me this. So at that point, it just feels like gilding the lily. She liked uh, this phrasing for some reason. And so she put it in there. And there's other stuff that likes that too. That's like that yeah. too. But this was just an example. Yeah. I see you also have um, Dave. Sucks all the auction, which was the same type of thing. I'm like, who uses sucks all the Really? I've heard like teens today and even like adults like that, like that sucks all the oxygen. Um, made the most sense to me, especially for Dave's mm. character. You know, yeah. so I that that I didn't have an issue with. I did have an issue when Dave said start Star Trek's for suckers. Like, yeah, fuck, fuck that kid. Yeah. Throw <laughs> you into the fucking sinkhole. Like, get <laughs> get out of here. Don't bitch about Star Trek. <laughs> Not you yeah. go into the hole. But yeah, yeah, and and so some of some of the freight, and and that was just an example. But some of the stuff she had people say. And not just and not just that, but some some of the things she had people think or say kind of felt like this sometimes, not all the time, but it was enough to catch my attention in that it felt like she had this thing she came up with that she was enamored with and felt like was clever to say. So it kind of got shoehorned in. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And I so mean, it felt out of place in, a, in some cases. Mm-hmm. So that's just, you know, like yeah. this is a perfect metaphor for what I'm trying to say. So I'm going to put it in there, you know, regardless of if it fits or not. You know what I mean? I mean, because it happens sometimes, you know, you become so yeah. enamored with some turn of phrase that you don't even think about if it's appropriate, you know, I've done it, you know, you don't even think about whether we've all done it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't even think about whether, uh, you know, does this actually make sense here? You know, because sometimes you can just think about it in that way for you. And it doesn't need to be something that you write down. It sometimes it just needs to be a thing for you to keep in mind that you're, that you're trying to get across, you know, and there are also some, the other secondary part of that, of like kind of shoehorning these phrases with there were some events that I felt like were just kind of, sh- you know, kind of uh, plot needs plot to happen. <laughs> so plot happened. Yeah. And sometimes it just felt like we, we went through, like we skipped like five steps before we got to that point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but she needs this to happen now. So, you know, it's yeah. happening now. Um yeah, so there were some things like that, but that's yeah. you know second secondarily to the um, the bigger point. Like I said, I'll just have yeah. to hope she doesn't. Uh, I will. I mean, she I will listen to it. But. I mean, I will also say too, like given current events that are happening in the world right now, this is a tougher read than it would normally be. I think mm-hmm. you know. Um, True. So, I mean, I think overall her her style of writing is fantastic you know like at least at least there's that like mm-hmm. the one one thing that bothers me the most and i see this a lot in romance novels now because <laughs> now oh. i read romance um it's when the dialogue comes off is really um fake and without depth like everything is just about like getting the hot mysterious dude and (laughs) there's no depth to it right right and at least in this there is a shit ton of depth there is so much there it is oozing out of everybody's orifices even after they're dead like yeah (laughs) yeah and you see you know I, I would quibble with that, but it goes back to mm-hmm. my whole thing of I don't like watching shitty people do shitty things because I don't think being shitty has any depth to it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it's not it's not nuanced or whatever to be shitty. You're just you're just a shitty person, you know, like I, I don't like I said, and that's kind of why I'm not interested. Like I was talking about before, mm-hmm. I'm just because I feel like it's like it's it's not an in-depth thing to be shitty it's kind of like the same people who think because they're edgelords they're somehow awesome Uh, they're doing things just to shock and be shitty to like to like whatever but it's actually not you know like it like it's not it's not fascinating or making three-dimensional just because you're shitty you know what i mean you can be shitty and be three-dimensional i'm not saying that i'm just saying like in this particular case it didn't come across to me, you know, it just, like I said, and, and this is, like I said, totally mean thing. And I know you like the book, so I kind of feel bad for, for like no, disagreeing. and no, no, I, have, I have disagreed before. What would that, that one, one 
movie with the stepmom and the dad and the kids and the kids. Oh, the lodge. Yeah, Yeah, I I I had issues with the lodge that I mean I'm not the same ones I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So so I mean, it doesn't like we are going to run in into this again yeah you know and I and think, like i'm saying i think please I think nobody fine. listening take this to mean like i think you're stupid or i think you have awful taste or anything like that if you liked it you know i mean this is simply me talking about you know how i take in literature mm-hmm. and the type of things that i think are nuanced or interesting like i don't find shitty people interesting in this context to me, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like I've never found a shitty character interesting. And I'd have to think a lot more about it to figure out what about a shitty character makes them interesting to me. American Psycho. Let's go there for mm. for a second. Right. Because he's a shitty character. There's kind of like no redeeming qual- qualities about him. But what is it about that movie and the book, too, that you like? but you don't but you don't like this one it's just not a commentary on him because if you Mm. when you really think about it it's a commentary on society's complicity in it and and i and i guess and i guess it didn't come across as strongly in this as it did in american psycho to me at the very least because yeah, you know, you have the serial killer and stuff like that, but that wasn't the point of the story. It was about how people were so wrapped up in shit they couldn't see the shitty things he was doing and didn't yeah. care. Um, so it's kind of about that that the 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 apathy of the eighties and that class mm-hmm. of people more than anything else. More than you know, why was he shitty? Or why is he, because that, that wasn't the interesting part to me. Yeah. The interesting part to me was how everybody, re- how was he able to get away with it? How was yeah. he able to get away with people not caring and even covering up for him? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's it, the whole he thing. wasn't the fascinating part of that. He was a serial killer, you know? He yeah, wasn't was, fascinating yeah. for being a serial killer, you know? Um, however, compare that to Hannibal Lecter, who I did find fascinating as a character because because he didn't he somehow came across and I will guarantee I will say I have not read the book so I'm just completely going off the movie and Anthony Hopkins portrayal but somehow the dialogue and his acting made him seem more than that made him feel like he was more than just a serial killer that he was more than just you know a shitty person being shitty that there was somehow something else and I think a lot of that had to do with his relationship with Clarice he genuinely cared for Clarice and that's like in in his own fucked up way right whereas Patrick Bateman didn't give a shit and and even his concerns quote-unquote were all about himself Mm-hmm. you know the the concerns of like you know am I losing my mind and him wanting to be caught and him you know whatever like yeah. that was all about him it wasn't about yeah. anybody else and stuff like that you know but Hannibal Lecter at the end tells her you know don't worry I'm not going to come for you the world's far more interesting with you in it you know so yeah. it makes him feel like that there's more going on there than just his urges you yeah. know that there's more going on there you know, whereas, you know, Buffalo Bill 
whatever. Who gives a shit why he's doing that? Nobody. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Put the lotion on its skin. (laughs) Yeah. So we do gaming and we will do a a Spotify playlist and everybody gets to add to it and put songs for their characters and stuff like that or moments in the game. And somebody put Goodbye Horses. It took me forever because I was like, because I never heard it out of context of the movie. Oh, so it took man. me a second, like, I, you know, I know this song. How do I know this song? So I had to look it up and I was like, oh, it was in Silence of the Lambs. That's and how I know it. Clerks too, or Clerks, clerk, yeah. Clerks too. Because they were, they were clerks, yeah. uh, doing a takeoff of that scene. Yeah. yeah amazing um but yeah. um that guy was in monk and it took me forever to realize yeah, the actor yeah. Buffalo Bill was in monk but anyway yeah i also to like bring up like if we're talking about like serial killer like characters dexter is a good mm-hmm. example of a serial killer who has humanity oh uh, yeah you know um yeah he yeah. had he had depth there was more to him than just killing right yeah yeah, but yeah. like I said, so I think it, so I think it's just but there wasn't really anything more to these people than being shitty, at least not enough yeah. to for me personally to override their yeah. shitty behavior to be interesting to me. You know, whatever yeah, good I, qualities any of them happen to have or display just kind of wasn't enough for me to be fascinated by them or think that yeah. they were interesting, you know. It, I don't know. Exactly. That's my thought. Like, you know, that's yeah. Again, I will go back. Yeah, sorry. My cat is crawling around and is probably making all sorts of noises on the oh. mic. Um, <laughs> no, sweetie, get down. Maybe you can cut this part out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, like, like I, you know, said a while ago, if there wasn't this whole mystery of the sinkhole and the murders. Nah, I'm, I'm good because the author tied in the characters into those other things. So that at least made it interesting to me. And there was enough mystery in there to keep me going with it. Again, read a lot of mysteries, love true, true crime, Uh you know? So I think, yeah, that's, that's why I bought into these shitty people and, you know, did, did I feel bad for, for, for some of the kids? Absolutely. I'm like, man, yeah. you know, but then it's, it's like, if, if we look at their place in this world that the author has created and what they have done with their lives up until this point, like, I mean, the world won't be much different without a minute. And that's, a horrible thing to say but that i think it illustrates who these characters are mm-hmm. yeah i don't know yeah <laughs> but well, anyway uh, i still liked it <laughs> so, so yeah go ahead Delia. we're gonna get into this so you know any final uh, thoughts or wrap up or conclusions um no, I think we have said said it all, but it is okay not yeah. to like something that everybody else likes. Yeah, um, I think if someone if someone, 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't stand it. I like episode, like episode two or three, like, Hey, it's Danny Trejo. Okay, cool. But like, did not capture my yeah. interest whatsoever. It's just devoid of any passion or realness in my opinion, whereas the Mandalorian at least had, had right. that, but yes. yeah. Come, come for me, nerds. Come for me, me, nerds. (laughs) Okay. We can't have too many controversies in one episode. You know, we'll just kind of explode. Um, Yeah, you know, I think my conclusion is is that it, it, you know, and the thing about reading something or getting through something you don't like is that it really forces you to think about why you don't like it and why and and what you do like about other stuff that may be kind of of a similar vein, like we've been talking about, you know? So for me, and and that's just the same with you're a writer and reading stuff you don't like and styles you don't like helps you figure out, you know, what you do like and helps you put phrasing to it and helps you put words to it, you know? Yeah. Um, And I would say, you know, if, if you're like uh, Joanna over there and like true crime and like mystery and maybe even grew up in suburbia and, and this would be familiar to yeah. you, you probably will like it, I would yeah. say. You know, if, if that's your, your jam, you know, I always try to do the Roger Ebert or, you know, whatever good reviewer does for yeah. art is, you know, if you like this, you'll probably like it. And that has nothing to do with whether I liked it or not. It's just a commentary of saying, hey, I think if you like these particular things, you'll like this. And that has nothing to do with whether you personally liked it or not. It has to do with if the other person will like it. And that's what a good, you Mm -hmm. know, review or synopsis or commentary should do. And I, like I said, I think if you like true crime, if you like, you know, uh, you know, uh, if you lived in suburbia and, and you're kind of interested in, in how shitty things happen and all of that stuff. If you like you some shot in Freud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you'll probably, you'll probably really like the book. Um, but regardless, this is nothing to say about the author who I'm sure is an absolutely lovely person. Yeah. And uh, if she reads this, absolutely nothing to do with right. you. And that does not mean I will never pick up another one of your books and look exactly. at it or anything <laughs> like that. You know, yeah. and I think most authors, yeah. if they have a, uh, you know, a good solid sense of themselves, understand that the things they write will not be for everybody. I, I, I know, I know everything I write or put out there is not yeah. for everybody. Same. You know, it's, it's just, it's just not. I mean, both you and I, we got a pile of rejection letters to uh, prove it. So. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. You know, yeah. It was for Joanna. It was not for me. So, and, and we've hopefully okay. given you a good context of if you would like it or not. Yeah. And hopefully you get a good idea, if you will, from hearing us talking about it. Yeah. You know, if Joanna cites it, yeah, that makes me feel like I I, I want to read that. Or even if my vehemence against it is like, well, no, I just got to see what she hated about it. So because sometimes <laughs> if somebody trashes something so much, you know, um, you know, I'll be like, well, now I got to see what the heck they're on about. You it's, know? Just, it's so funny because like the reasons why you hated it broadly are the reasons why I enjoyed it broadly you know again taste doesn't matter um speaking about taste (laughs) we have a doozy we're going opposite we are absolutely (laughs) going opposite so uh next time uh it's up to me to wrap up and I have the absolute pleasure of telling you the next time you're going to be watching the absolute cinematic masterpiece sky sharks yes (laughs) 
uh, people, I have no, I've not seen this yet at the time you're listening to this. Neither so have I. I have, I have no idea. Um, it has Tony Todd in it, who we love. Mm-hmm. And it has, um, um, let's see, it has somebody else in it that I knew. Uh, oh, Carrie Hiroki Takagawa, who I've seen in a lot mm-hmm. of movies. Um, so those are the two names I know. Um, it, it's uh, can, even can the I... ice of the Antarctic. This is from Amazon uh, or mm-hmm. no, IMDb. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's IMDb. Mm-hmm. Uh, deep in the ice of the Antarctic, a team of geologists uncover an old Nazi laboratory still intact where dark experiments had occurred. In order to conquer the world, the Nazis created modified sharks who were able to fly, and whose riders are genetically mutated undead superhumans. A military task force called Dead Flesh 4. Oh my the God. animated U.S. soldiers who fell in Vietnam is put together to prevent world downfall. So zombies fighting zombies on sharks? Flying sharks in the sky with Nazis riding on them. Yeah, and, and this, undead U.S. soldiers I, fighting them. I have all of the expectations that one would have for a movie like this, which is yeah. virtually none. Yeah, I think this, I mean... Do I think I'm going to enjoy the fuck out of it? Absolutely. I, it, I'm like, I'm expecting like Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is, yeah, I'm expecting a, you know, when we did Thanksgiving, we just talked about, you know, why, why these things exist and, and everything like that. So it'll be interesting to see what, a, what this is going to turn up. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you, if you enjoyed this or are interested in that, definitely follow us on Twitter at the box underscore podcast. Uh, talk to us. Did, did you like good neighbors? Did you not? Are you interested? Uh, you know, what side of the, of the box do you fall on? You know, um, where are you at? What did you think? Um, is there anything you think I might like better in that vein? I'd be interested yeah. in hearing that. Any uh, recommendations for us? Yeah. Um, you can listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. And until next time, we remind you to shake the box before you open it. Bye.